I had this thought that, like, if that crowd comes back around in a car to handle their business, like, do I take a bullet for this kid? Do I take a bullet for his girlfriend? A neighborhood scuffle started to look like it could turn into a shootout. While trying to help, Ben Page found himself in the middle of it. I remember praying that prayer that, like, God, don't let me tell somebody I love them unless I'm willing to die for them. Ben Page was a professional soccer player who uprooted his life to serve a struggling community in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, you're going to hear his story. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Michael Sherbet. Welcome back to a new season of GPS, God, People, Stories, an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Michael's the producer and writer for GPS. So, Michael, thanks for joining me on this side of the mic for this episode. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, and I'm really excited about this new series that we're starting this month. It's called Christ to Their Community, and it's all about people who have dedicated themselves to serving a community through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're also going to hear what Billy Graham had to say about that. We might say that Jesus only had two verbs. One, come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But the other verb that he had was go, come to Christ and then go. More from Billy Graham later on in this episode. And to make sure you don't miss out on any new episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. But to find out more now or anytime about what it means to become a follower of Jesus Christ, check out our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. Right now, Michael and I are in Greer Heights. It's an inner-city neighborhood of Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's where Ben Page lives and where he serves people in the name of Jesus. And this is a very different kind of place from where Ben grew up. I am uh, I'm from Woodstock, Georgia, which is just north of Atlanta, and I'm the oldest of five. You know, I certainly wasn't a country club kid and, um, and so on, but I had everything I needed. Woodstock, where Ben grew up, is in the suburbs north of Atlanta. It's also where he developed a love for soccer. I grew up in a Christian home, going to church uh, every Sunday, youth group on Wednesday, that sort of thing. I was also a high-level athlete. So as I got into my high school years, some of the faith stuff took a backseat because my weekends are spent all over the Southeast playing soccer and playing in tournaments. And I would just say I was like a nominal believer in a lot of ways. Um, where I had a foundation, I knew Bible stories, I knew about Jesus, but I didn't really have a relationship with him. Ben had been drawn away from God by sports, but now God was going to be using soccer to keep Ben from drifting away from him. After high school, Ben's hard work paid off, and it landed him a spot playing soccer for Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. It just happened to be a Christian school, and so that was a pretty amazing experience in terms of being in a setting where I was challenged in my faith, but I still wasn't living for Jesus. Um, So it provided some safety nets. I think the Lord knew that I needed some guardrails. It wasn't until Ben graduated college and was drafted by the Division II team, the Charlotte Eagles, that his life was changed by a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Charlotte Eagles are owned by a missionary organization. It's the only team in the world um, that has a mission that's beyond soccer. So their whole mission is to use the sport as a a tool for evangelism. Because the team's greater purpose is evangelism, Ben was surrounded by teammates who were passionate about their relationship with Jesus Christ. I was at a pivotal 
moment in my life being 22, 23 years old, fresh out of college. And as a man, you're kind of deciding who you're going to be for the next 60 years. And by God's grace, I saw the fruit of these godly men. And I was like, I want that. I want my life to be important for something bigger than myself. Ben realized the importance of discipleship for growing deeper in his Christian faith. And it was at a prayer meeting with his mentor where the foundation was laid for what would eventually become his ministry. He invites me into this prayer setting and we just start praying for the city. And one of the things that happened was a guy had a vision of the city of Charlotte and he saw fires in different locations in the city. And he felt like um, it was a sign of from the Lord to use what we knew, which was soccer, to see revival break out in different communities throughout Charlotte. With the inspiration from their prayer meeting, Ben and his teammates started with a simple plan to connect with kids. We did the only thing we knew how to do, and we just took a soccer ball and a bag of candy and started going to these communities. It sounds a little shady, actually. (laughs) Um, But that's what we did. We would go into these communities where there was a lot of poverty, a lot of fatherless homes, and we would drop soccer balls on the ground and just start kicking a ball with whoever was in the park. And at the end, we'd have a little time where we'd just share a Bible story or just tell the gospel. But the core message was, hey, Jesus loves you and we love you and we're going to be back next week. The approach was working, but Ben felt disconnected from the communities. He knew what he had to do next. Yeah, while on a mission trip in the nation of Colombia, Ben had seen the benefit of living within the community you're serving. So he left the upper middle class neighborhood in Charlotte where he was living and he moved to Greer Heights. Greer Heights, um, this community in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, was probably the most dangerous place in Charlotte. And so you have a lot of the things that just come with poverty. And so that's kind of the um, the stereotype that others in Charlotte would have of our community, is it just being kind of dilapidated, a violent place. There were several moments that confirmed Ben's decision to move to the neighborhood. But one stands out. I was standing on the sideline while we were coaching some kids, and this 12-year-old boy grabbed my hand and starts to hold my hand. And I realized that he didn't even know what he was doing. He didn't know what he's reaching out for. He just knew that he wanted to be loved. And, And so I stopped in that moment and just put my arm around him. In spite of Greer Heights' bad reputation, Ben knew it was imperative to his ministry for him to live there and become a member of the community. Nobody wants to live in the hood. So you talk to anybody that's in the hood and they're talking about how they are going to try to get out. And so for someone to choose to come live in the hood is the craziest thing on the planet if you don't have to. And so there was a sense of, um, okay, like this guy's for real. And it builds a trust when you're actual neighbors. At that time, Ben was working under an organization run by the Charlotte Eagles that was called Urban Eagles. But as he came to understand more about the needs in Greer Heights, it was time to pivot from Urban Eagles structure to one that fit more of the neighborhood's needs. Organizationally, we just kind of became a a square peg in a round hole. We saw the needs of academics and we saw the need of leadership development. Um, So how do we bring some programmatic structure to this? Now, Ben's organization takes on a holistic approach that gives young men from Greer Heights a number of ways to develop and grow. 
Today, what it looks like is every single one of the young men that are part of our teams is involved in something year-round. So they play soccer, they play basketball, they're involved in weekly Bible studies. We provide tutoring and other different mentoring experiences. And so we take a lot of trips, travel's huge for us, and getting out of this context and experiencing different things in the world. If you become a part of our teams, you're a part of this family and all those different activities are now part of your life. So becoming a part of a team is a lot more than just playing a sport. Becoming a part of the team is joining a family and being involved in in all those wraparound care or enrichment activities. With a new approach to ministry came a new name and a new organization. Ben left the Eagles and founded the ministry he directs now. It's called I Am 24-7. My wife and I founded I'm 24-7 together in 2017, so we've been going on our own for about five years, and so we have a staff of four full-time and between five and six part-time individuals, um, depending on the season. Ben tells the story behind the name I Am 24-7. We got the name because we're really big on identity. So what happens, um, there's this sense of being lost all the time, or I don't know who I am that a lot of these kids struggle with. And so this uh, concept of, of identity has always been huge. And so our core message is teaching a young man to say, like, I am an overcomer. I am not a victim. I am a child of God. We also have this idea and the commitment to following the Lord 24-7. And then lastly, like, it kind of tells our story a little bit that You know, we're more than a program. We want to be a family and we're neighbors. And so we're together and we're available 24-7. Ben came across a verse in the Bible that reinforced their name choice. I wasn't aware of this verse and I was reading through Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 24-7 says this. It says, Jeremiah is prophesying, it says, that I I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all of their hearts. When he talks about being a family and being available 24-7, Ben really means it. And he remembers a time that that was put to the test. There's this one afternoon, I was doing some yard work with a neighbor, and one of the kids comes running by and says, Coach, it's going down the next street over. For whatever reason, the Lord kind of is like, Ben, you need to go. And so I took my car and drove around the next block. I see this group of kids gathered around, and these are older high school students gathered around this one house, and then all of a sudden, they start running away. And I'm like, oh, crap, Uh, what's going on here? A young man had come out of the house with his hand on a gun, causing the crowd to panic and scatter. This gave Ben an opportunity to defuse the situation. Yeah, and that happened just a few blocks from where Michael and I are right now. He's walking towards this group of kids, I'm standing in the middle, and I'm just like, all right, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I just walk towards him, and he let me hug him. In the middle of this moment where he's, like, got tears coming down his face because they all came in and jumped him and his girlfriend. And I didn't know this at the time, but he was so upset because his girlfriend is carrying his kid. It took a moment, but Ben was able to calm the young man and get him to step away from the situation. The incident led Ben to think hard about what he was willing to put on the line for Greer Heights. In that moment, as we're walking away from this incident, I had this thought that, like, if that crowd comes back around in a car to handle their business, like, do I take a bullet for this kid? Do I take a bullet for his girlfriend? 
I remember praying that prayer that like, God, don't let me tell somebody I love them unless I'm willing to die for them. Thankfully, the situation didn't come to that and everyone walked away safe. But it served as a sobering reminder of what it takes to gain the trust of a neighborhood that has a hard time accepting love from others. Mm -hmm. And Ben shows his love for his neighbors through sacrifice and hard work, all in an effort to build up his neighborhood. If the Lord says, be here, then we're going to be here and the Lord's going to protect us and the Lord's going to use our lives any way he sees fit. I guess that's a sacrifice of choosing to live here. It's a sacrifice sometimes when I see my family struggling with some of the things that are around, you know, like when there's a murder that happens 200 yards from our house and my family hears the gunshots and the sirens come past. I could probably go and get a more high paying job and live somewhere else. So some people may see that like this is a sacrifice, but do I see it that way? Not, not really. The tough work that comes with ministering to this neighborhood also comes with rewards. And Ben is seeing the fruit of his efforts. The statistic is against our, our kids. So high school graduations are massive. And then college graduations are even more massive. So I've been blessed to, to watch young men who know more struggle than I can even understand walk across the stage with huge accomplishments. But the biggest thing is probably watching kids come to faith. When we asked Ben if being a part of this community has shaped his faith, he told us how the ministry has changed his outlook on life. So when you're around people that struggle, um, you get to see a resiliency and it shapes your perspective on different struggles that I might have. As I get into my later 30s, people are talking about getting the bigger house or the nicer car and it's just chasing stuff, but it's like God has given me something bigger to live for. If I wasn't in this environment constantly, I would probably be caught up in the same sort of thing. No matter the place, the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to heal us and our communities. You can find out more about what it means to begin a relationship with Jesus by visiting our website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Ben Page's story may leave you thinking about using the power of the gospel to build up your own community. If that's the case, he's got some advice in just a moment. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. We might say that Jesus only had two verbs. One, come, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But the other verb that he had was go. Come to Christ and then go. Billy Graham. We go because we've been sent. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and made him Lord of your life, you have to take seriously this call, this command. Jesus said, beginning at Jerusalem to all nations. Where is your Jerusalem? The school where you attend or where you teach, the house you live in, the neighborhood you live in, And you're willing to say, I give my body, my mind, my plans, my goals, my ambitions, my future. I'm willing to surrender it all to the Lordship of Christ. 
If you'd like to know more about what it means to turn your life over to Jesus Christ, call us. You can talk to someone right now on our prayer line. The number is 855-255-PRAY. That's 855-255-PRAY. And if you've been listening to this episode and are starting to think, what can I do to get involved in my community? Here's some advice from Ben. You don't have to move into a community like this to live radically for Jesus. You just got to be paying attention to what God's doing around you. I'm done trying to come up with plans and then asking God to bless them. Be paying attention to what God's doing around you and go be a part of it. That could be just an individual friend that's struggling. You know, instead of just seeing their struggle, see what God wants to do in their life. The people that go out and know God's promises and speak God's promises are the people that see God move all around them. Thank you to Ben Page for sharing the story of how God gave him a vision for serving the Lord by building up the residence of an impoverished community. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Michael Sherbet. Make sure you're subscribed to GPS so you won't miss the next installment of our Christ to Their Community series. Next week's episode is about a woman and her mother who serve a community of over one million people. If that sounds way beyond any two people's ability, I'll let you in on a little detail. It's a virtual community. How do you do that? Be sure to catch the next week's episode of GPS. Thanks for listening to this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.